Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, and part two of his teaching in Psalm 100 called Sing of His Love Forever. I see that every Sunday. There's at least one guy. I'm not singing. No way, I don't sing. It's a command from God Almighty. I know it makes some of us uncomfortable. I have been in situations, I, I am a music director at a church, and I have been in situations where people are like, Shane, sing, and I'm like, no, it's, what? No. This is so uncomfortable. My dad does it to me all the time. We'll be somewhere, and we, we went to, uh, what's the park in Utah? Zion. We're at Zion at this lookout, and I had a guitar because I was leading at a conference we were going to out there. We went to a group of guys from the church. Um, some of you may have been on this. It was probably five or six years ago. I had my guitar in the trunk, and I, uh, my dad, there's this German tourist there, and my dad says, oh, Shane, you should sing a song. And I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm extrovert, but not like that. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to do that, dad, please. And he's like, yeah, come on. And he's like getting my guitar out of the trunk of the car and he's setting it up for me. He's trying to tune it. He doesn't know how to tune it. He's like, come on, come on. So he hands me, and this German couple notices what's going on and they hand me a $5 bill. <laughs> Sing us a song. I'm like, what? What is this? I want to just look at the park. And my dad made me sing a song. I sang like half a chorus. All right, thank you very much. But there is something about singing that does bring people together. This psalm is a call to recognize who God is and to recognize him as king. As Spurgeon said, this word for shout would have been the same idea as when the king would enter the midst of his servants or his people and they would shout to recognize his royalty, his kingship, his authority. And when we sing together, when we lift shouts of praise together, we recognize God's godship, his authority, his deity, his might, his power, his worth. We sing one of my favorite songs, All Consuming Fire, and it's simple and powerful. You are holy. There is no one like you. You are worthy. There is no one like you. Modern worship has often been criticized for repetitiveness in its nature. Again, I say, read the Psalms. They are written that way on purpose so that a child can sing the melody to the oldest person in the room. Now, I believe that the, the hymns that, now when we say hymn, this is a pet peeve of mine, okay? Hymn, the definition of a hymn is a song, a spiritual song that is sung. That is it. Now, when we say hymn, more often than not, we are referring to a group of songs that was put together in a collection within a book that many of you probably grew up singing in church, yes? Okay, and I know that. I appreciate those songs. But all throughout the Psalms, you know what it exhorts the church to do? Sing a new song. I love the old songs. And in fact, I believe there's much value in doing those songs but I'm not gonna only do old songs and I'm not gonna only do new songs. That song we just sang 
is a, um, it is a reprise from uh, Wesley. So it goes way back. So there, and there's all these songs that we sing that maybe we've added drums to them, and that's why people are mad. <laughs> but we've added a contemporary sound, but the lyrical content is powerful. And I will tell you, and I hope that you find assurance in this and you trust me enough to know that when I pick songs, I pick songs that are theologically sound. And if I don't, Joe Kelly, Mr. Joe Kelly back there, he's called me out on it before. And you know what? I appreciate it. And he, he told me one time... <laughs> I barely known Joe at this point, and he said, hey, I like those songs today. They were very theologically sound. This is like in passing, mind you. And he's like, but they aren't always. <laughs> and I said, oh, hold on. You can't just make a statement like that and walk away. So we had coffee, and he explained. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the desire for this church to sing songs that properly represent God. A.W. Tozer says that if we present our own projection of God to the church and we begin to worship it, we've committed idolatry. And so we have to worship God for who he is, not for who we want him to be. I heard a church that has started, it's a pop-up synagogue. Alistair Begg talking about this says, nothing can just be normal now. It has to be a pop-up, a pop-up shop. He was very angry about it. I don't really care. But he said this, it's a pop-up synagogue. And this was their motto. Happy people, artist-friendly, God-optional. And Alistair said, with all love and respect, shame on you. If Jesus is not the center of what is taking place here when we meet, we are wasting our time. And I would rather do something else because Jesus has to be the focus. And that's why I point out that these Psalms are Christocentric. They point us back to who Jesus is, that he's the shepherd, that his loving kindness endures forever and ever. So we recognize his kingship and we honor him when we lift shouts of praise. Now, the psalmist likely had in mind the service of worship for a temple or temple rituals, but the principle applies to any service directed to God. Those who serve the Lord should do it with gladness. And he says in verse two, serve the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful singing. If we serve out of a place of obligation, we miss out. We do. Again, I speak from experience. Part of my responsibilities here is to lead the church. And I will tell you, there have, there have been times where I come here and I'm like, man, I don't want to be here right now. Anybody else? No one? Okay. Well, now I feel really bad. Now, everyone should raise their hand because the reality is that sometimes when we walk in the doors here, we are burdened with the things of this life. We feel tired, we feel beat down, and sometimes we're just tired. A nap sounds a lot better sometimes after first service ends. I'm like, oh, we got to do it again. I would rather have a nap. But then we pray, we do it again, and we watch God move in a way that we could have never thought possible. We watch him minister to his people in spite of us. I've said this before many times that when I tell the band often in the back before we come on stage, we could have every song nailed down. God still has to work in spite of us every week because we are flawed, broken sinners and we're not that good. 
And we need him to work in spite of us. And that's true of every area of our life. So when you serve, the psalmist says, serve the Lord with gladness. Sometimes we serve out of a sense of obligation. I guess we signed up for kids ministry. (sighs) I need an extra cup of coffee and a five-hour energy. If that's what it takes, so be it. But I would challenge you that you could find just the amount of strength you need and more from the Holy Spirit. And he will give it freely. I've done children's ministry before. Sometimes it's terrible. But it's so cool to see the Lord work in the life of a child. And sometimes, I will tell you, church, Tanya is not in here. She didn't make me say this. We always are short on children's ministry people. Always. Every church I go to, we need children's ministry people. Everybody around the circle has great stories about the way that their Sunday school classes impacted them in a positive way in their childhood if they grew up in church. And yet, when we ask for people to help do the same thing and pour into a child who has, by the way, very low expectations, they're not theologically checking everything you say and checking you on the scripture references. They want someone to be present in their lives, to give them the basic, simple, powerful truth of the gospel that Jesus loves them and died for them and that they can have hope. And if the things in California continue to go the way that they are going right now, our children are in trouble. And I don't have children yet because the Lord has his timing. But I will tell you, I will tell you this. I have very little faith in the future for my kids with the way things look. And if I'm not leaning into Jesus for hope for them, I don't know where I will find hope. Because the curriculum and church, you need to know. You need to know what's going on in our state right now that's being voted on and more than likely will pass is disgusting. It is disgusting. It's grotesque and it is way beyond what is appropriate. And more often than not, when I mention it to people, they don't even know about it because the government would love it to be that way. But it is, it is time for the church to take a stand and say, no. No, that is not glorifying to God and it is not appropriate. And we, for those parents, need to be able to have control over what our kids see and learn. That's a tangent that has nothing to do with Psalm 100, but it's true nonetheless. So our service is also an act of worship. And this is something we have to keep in mind. When we serve, even when we do it, when we're tired, when we don't necessarily feel like it, God is always faithful. And it also says in scripture that God loves a cheerful giver. And we often equate that to money, which is appropriate. But I would argue that that also applies to any time you give of your time, of your money, of your knowledge, whatever it is. God loves when his people give and serve cheerfully. And it is amazing that even when you start off in a place where you don't feel like doing it, God gives you joy in the midst of it. He just has a way of doing that. And I know that some of you, when you come in here, you're not in the mood to worship. I get it. Just be open to what God wants to do. And I think that sometimes the best prayer for us as people who come into this church, who gather with the church, because this building is a building, 
but the church is you guys. And when we come into this room, sometimes I think the best prayer for us is, Lord, do what you want to do. I surrender. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, in a moment. Hey, it's producer Rob Newton. On behalf of Pastor Michael and the entire Walk in Truth team, thank you so much for your financial gift over the holiday season to help Walk in Truth remain on this station and podcast app. Now, Pastor Michael would love to talk to you about our new goal to expand. 96.9 KEPT-FM, East Bay Area in California, cities near and around San Francisco, San Jose, Palo Alto, and Pleasanton. We have an opportunity to be on that radio station daily during drive time. And for a very low price, only $3,600 a year, that's $300 a month. And so if you're a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, and if you've been blessed by the program, you believe in it, and you've been partnering or you want to do more, here is an opportunity to equip people in the Northern California area with what you've been hearing on Walk in Truth. We have a couple of weeks to raise the funds before the time slot is given to another program. Thanks to Kelly in Kansas City, we are $150 closer to reaching the $3,600 goal. Can you give a one-time gift today? Can you be one of 23 to give $150 or one of 12 to now give $288? You know, however the math works out, we're going to trust God with the results, but we would love to walk through this open door. Would you give today and help us get on an additional radio station in the San Francisco area? Please visit walkintruth.com today and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. Hey, ahead of time, we just want to express our gratitude. Thanks for praying. Thanks for supporting and giving. We love you, we appreciate it, and we look forward to what God is going to do. Visit walkintruth.com today and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance. And when we come into this room, sometimes I think the best prayer for us is, Lord, do what you want to do. I surrender. That could be in the midst of the hardest situations that you're facing in your life. And that could be in the midst of the best days of your life. It's a good, healthy prayer. Lord, I surrender. Do what you want to do. Lord, I'm going to lift my voice even though I am a terrible singer. He doesn't care. Notice that it says, make a joyful noise. Some of us make more of a noise than a note. And guess what? I love it. I would rather a church belt the most sour notes, but their heart is for God, than a perfect sounding choir that's without Jesus. And so when we worship, we obey. As I said, singing and worshiping through music, shouting to God, worshiping him through praise is not a suggestion. Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I believe that when you sing songs that are theocentric, that focus on the goodness of God, sometimes even in the midst of our problems, it causes, as the word says in Colossians 3, for Christ to dwell in you richly. It turns your attention from the things of this world and the things of this life that we struggle with back to the one who is the author of perfecting our faith, who is good always. 
And it takes my eyes and it lifts them up to the king. I lift my eyes up. Where does my help come from? Psalm 46, it comes from the Lord. That's where my help comes from. As we sing psalms and spiritual songs and hymns, we are promised the word of Christ will dwell in us richly. Like I said, many of us view the singing, and I see it every Sunday, this room's not that big. I think people think it's really big. They sneak in at 11.45, right when worship ends. I see them. I love them, but I see them. But this is the thing, is I see this as a habit amongst some of the church. And I don't mean just living truth, where we don't see the value in the songs because they're not our forte. They're not our whatever. This is like going to a birthday party for your friend and when they sing happy birthday, you say, I hate that song. He opens a gift. I don't like that. By some point in the night, someone with good sense is just gonna say, will you shut up? No one cares what you like. It's his birthday. In the same way, when we gather for Jesus, what we like is very much secondary to what God has asked. And that means that in the midst of my struggles and trials, I still worship. And I cannot say this enough tonight. I know that that's not always easy. And I know that sometimes that takes a lot to get to a place where in the midst of a tragedy in our life, we worship. I've found this to be true in my own life. My, the, the, the bulk of my music has, and the writing has come in seasons of tragedy in my life. And it's not because my life is always a tragedy. It's because in my lowest moments, I think God reveals himself to me in new ways. I wrote a song called Greater Love that's been out for years now. I'm so behind on this next album. And I still love that song, not because of the song itself so much as I remember and recall the season I was in when I wrote that song. And another song of mine is called Not Forsaken. And the chorus of the song says, when tragedy strikes in the midst of the pain, I will cry out and still shout your name for I know that I'm not forsaken. And I wrote those lyrics in a season of life where we had just lost a family member and my mom and my grandma in the same span of six weeks were both diagnosed with breast cancer. And I felt like my world was crumbling. And in the midst of that, God revealed himself to me in a new way. And the promise of that he would never forsake me, he would never leave me, resonated in my heart. And I can tell you, we are... I haven't hardly done much with my music, but I've done some stuff and we've had the opportunity and the privilege to travel. And that song has ministered to a lot of people by God's leading. And what's crazy is that it took a little bit of suffering on my end and it's been a blessing to so many. And your life is a song for the Lord. And I often want to ask and ask you tonight, what song are you singing about Jesus tonight? What songs does your life resonate about Christ? Is it a song of gloom and despair? Or even in the midst of the most difficult situations, does, do your praises rise to the Lord and bring glory to his name? 
you know, in the midst of our struggles, I think that's when our non-believing co-workers and friends and family members watch the closest because they want to see if Jesus is real. They want to see if you can really have the hope that you talk about in the midst of a difficult time. If you crumble in the midst of those times, that is a testimony. If you stay strong and continue to glorify God, even in the midst of your brokenness, that's an even more powerful testimony. And people see Jesus in the midst of that. So Colossians, Paul clearly lays out that singing stands alongside the preaching and is two, those are two great ways that we uh, let the word of God dwell in us richly. John, in his revelation, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 7, he says this, the apostle John describes a glimpse of eternity with a great multitude of people from every tribe, people, language, or tongue, you could say, singing before the lamb. What a beautiful picture that all the nations, every tribe, every tongue, every race, united before Jesus singing his praises. I wish that that would happen now when we sing in heaven, uh, as on earth as in heaven, uh, another great song. I, I, that's my cry, that we be united as a church. Man, if there's disunity in the church and we can't even be united amongst something as simple as music, how can we possibly expect unity to happen in our world? So we have to be united. I love this, C.J. Mahaney, he says, he calls singing in church take-home theology. It's a reminder of who God is and it's something we can take home easily because it's a melody. How many of you remember in uh, you know, primary school learning things and it was put to music and that enabled you to hold on to that and to have something to remember it by. There's a reason that we sing A, B, C, D, E, F, G because it makes it easy to remember. When we put things to melody, I took a Spanish class and it was to remember the uh, states in Spanish. Oh, I don't remember any of them. But I remember that it was to a song and the song was really funny. It was like a computer automated voice, like leading the words and it was pretty comical. But the whole point behind it was to make memorization more attainable because it was put to a melody. And this is our heart as song writers. When I write songs, I write them and look forward to leading them here amongst, uh, above anywhere else, to sing them together as a church for the glory of God. You've been listening to Sing of His Love Forever, part two on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance's teaching in Psalm 100. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch this message by Pastor Michael in its entirety, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, someone might ask a pastor, well, how easy it is for you to get up and worship? Well, I have to be at church, so... <laughs> But on a serious note, no, I love, I love being there. <laughs> I really do. But I will tell you that the singing part of worship, because worship is not just about singing. We all know that worship is a lifestyle, but singing is a part of it. Hey, it didn't click for me right away, but I will tell you now I love it. And I have a lot going on on Sunday mornings and Wednesdays, but I'll tell you what, when I get in there, 
and my heart just begins to worship. Everything falls away, and the Lord becomes my focus. But I'll tell you, getting there sometimes is even tough for me. But I'll tell you, the more that uh, you do it, the more you develop a hunger for it. That's what I will say. And so that's what worship really is all about. Just just start doing it, and the Lord will meet you there every single time. Well, whether you've been listening for years or listening for months or even days, uh, we have a wonderful special opportunity. We've been telling you that we've been praying about new uh, radio stations that we can be on. We have an opportunity to add a radio station to the reach of Walk in Truth. It's actually up in the San Francisco Bay Area, reaching cities like San Jose, Palo Alto, and Pleasanton. Now, we have an open door to be on drive time in the afternoons, and it's a really low price, uh, comparatively speaking, of only $300 a month or $3,600 a year. Now, a one-time gift would get us a year of broadcasting on the station at $3,600. We could get 12 people to give $300 one-time gifts or 24 people at $150 or whatever the combination. Hey, if you'd like to help us get on this radio station, the way you can do it is just to simply give to walkintruth.com. And you might make a note that you're giving towards this new opportunity. And if you have any questions about how you can help, call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, ahead of time, we just want to express our gratitude. Thanks for praying. Thanks for supporting and giving. We love you. We appreciate it. And we look forward to what God is going to do. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Shane's teaching in Psalm 100 called Sing of His Love Forever. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.